Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider, also known as Tata. This week's podcast, we have on acupuncturist, Dr. Andrea Orvieto. Dr. Orvieto is the founder of Sofla Acupuncture Wellness, which is a wellness center focusing on fertility, women's health, pregnancy, and postpartum. Most important thing that we really discussed is why and how she treats unexplained infertility. And she actually corrected me on this. It is called undiagnosed infertility. We talk about why there is such an increase in fertility issues. There are a lot of fragrances, beauty products, day-to-day cleaning products that we use that have phthalates and chemicals that are in it that can be endocrine disruptors. And so basically they're mimicking the hormones in your body. So it's preventing your body from actually making these hormones. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And just the questions regarding fertility that she is asked the most. She works with both men and women and really discusses that everybody just needs a reset whether that's a nervous system reset, acupuncture can help with that, women's health, pregnancy, postpartum, but really things that you can do to just speed up your health in general, whether that's, you know, being surrounded by a supportive team, warming foods and eating really nutritious, warm foods, looking at the products you have in your household. And I guess just in general, we talk about functionality and fluidity. This week's Tata's Tip of the Week really discusses how you need a break, whether you are a working mom or a mom who has just given birth or you're not a mom yet and you are just sitting here listening to this podcast. Women, men, children, everybody needs a break. There are times when I look at my nieces or I look at the clients I'm working with and I say, you yourself to have a bit of a reset. All right. I am very excited to welcome Dr. Andrea Orvieto to the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. So just for you know our listeners who don't who might not know enough about you, um, you believe that the best doctors are really the ones who find a way to balance passion for healing with the needs of greatest number of patients, which is something that I can relate to. It's like my passion, building my practice, all of that. And for you, it seems that that means solving the tricky problems of fertility and women's health related issues. Sure. Yes. So you are the founder of Sofla Acupuncture Wellness, which is a wellness center focusing on fertility, women's health, pregnancy, and postpartum. A lot of our listeners wrote in a lot of questions, so I'm very excited to have you today. Oh, I'm so excited. They wrote in some questions. Yes, absolutely. You're very popular. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background before we get into business? Absolutely. So um, 
getting into acupuncture was not my initial journey. I was originally, I, I graduated with a chemistry degree. Wow. I was going to go into chemistry and then realized that I wanted something more than just being behind a lab. Um, I wanted more interaction with people. Uh -huh. And I had gotten acupuncture before a lot because I used to get recurring urinary tract infections. And so nothing was working for me. And um, somebody recommended for my mom to take me to an acupuncturist. And he was like Chinese, did not speak English. Wow. He he had his intake form was translated from English to Mandarin. And so really I did not know, I didn't have much conversation with him, yeah. but I went to him religiously for three to four months, two to three times a week and did everything that he said. And I was significantly better after trying to get rid of these urinary tract infections for a quite a, wow. quite some time. And so after, after graduating with chemistry, I, didn't really know where I wanted to go. So I taught chemistry for a couple of years and I taught science in middle school and then chemistry in high school. And then somebody said, you know, you could go study acupuncture. I was very naive at that point or before saying, I thought thinking that you had to be from China yeah. to, to Yeah, study. there's a little bit of that stigma. Right. Or at least back then, because it wasn't really known and stuff. I think now it's a bit more known. Yes. And somebody told me that. And so I did not even do my research here in Florida because I'm born and raised here. I packed up my stuff. I applied to a school in San Diego, California. I got accepted and I moved out there. Yep. Okay. And so I went to school for about uh, five years. I got my master's in four years and then I got my doctorate in the, the next year. And I wow. came back here. I met my now husband out there who happens to be from South Florida too. We didn't know each other. And he was living in Los Angeles. And it was either me moving up to Los Angeles, which wasn't necessarily what I really wanted to do, or us coming back to Florida, which we didn't really necessarily wanted to do. The only reason we really, really did is because of our family, mm. all of our families here. So we moved out here. I got my license and I'm, I started practicing. I was an independent contractor initially. And then I realized that just seeing pain, not that there's anything wrong with just seeing pain, but that wasn't fulfilling for me. Yeah. And so I wanted a little bit more wiggle room of where I can practice and what I can do. So I opened up my own practice. Wow. So here I am now. Wow. Okay. So from chemistry to this, that's a, <laughs> yes. that's quite the change because we're going to kind of learn a little bit about what acupuncture exactly is. Sure. Before we get to that, I recently started seeing an acupuncturist just for some nerve pain I've been having. And there's a lot of therapy involved. There's a lot of talking and to know the client. So what personality traits or just qualities do you believe an acupuncturist should have? I believe that an acupuncturist should have really great listening skills, be compassionate and empathetic to patients yeah. and being able to connect with them. So whatever it is that they're feeling big or small, being that ear for them and being able to, to create and have space for them to speak to you and feel fully comfortable with you. Because yeah. If my patients don't feel comfortable for, with me and they don't trust me, I'm not going to get very far with them. Yeah. I think that it's really important to be able to sit back and listen and really hear what they're saying rather continuously to interject in the middle of a sentence. And sometimes I do catch myself doing that. But for the most okay. part, I sit and I'm an ear for them and I'm a huge advocate for them for wherever they are in whatever journey they are in, whether yeah. it's fertility, pain, migraines, and I try to be that support system for them. Absolutely. It's honestly, it's not that far off from 
speech therapy because whether I'm working with children, adults, or family members, it's you have to listen, right? You have to listen to the frustrations, the good days, the bad days. It's, you know, you do have to be very empathet- empathetic. And, you know, you walked into the studio and in two seconds, we have a hundred mutual friends. We're chit-chatting. I think we have very similar personalities, if I can kind of toot our horns a little bit, you know, you can tell that you are a listener, um, which I think is great. I don't really know what acupuncture is. You know, I know that there is an element of Chinese medicine and working with the nerves. Can you kind of break down what is acupuncture? Sure. So the reason why we don't really understand it or people don't understand it is because it's extremely abstract. You have to really visualize to understand it's not black or white. So acupuncture, I always tell my patients to visualize a highway, right? We have exits and entries and we have cars going both north and south and we have streets all around it. And acupuncture, we have in our body, we have primary meridians that flow through our body that go from head to toe. Mm-hmm. And we have these other intersections that cross over and think about acupuncture as if there's an accident on the highway, it doesn't only back up the highway, it clogs kind of everything around it, especially living in Miami. (laughs) And acupuncture is that like the ambulance coming and clearing up that space or the Florida Highway Patrol coming and clearing up that space. The needle does that. It helps to helps the flow of traffic in your body for lack of a better term. And it helps things flow that the way that they should in your body and circulate. So blood flow, we call it chi, but think about it as energy communication through your body from head to toe, because we're not just an ear if somebody's coming in for ear or a knee if somebody's coming in for knee pain, our whole body's connected. How can we help heal that knee pain, not just going to the knee? I appreciate the medical field, but doctors don't, I guess, go for a more natural route. They go for here's medication or go for all these tests. You know, I'd say that I finally found a doctor who really referred me for acupuncture, which I'm thrilled about. And it was almost a little bit of a last resort, um, which I'm not so thrilled about. I kind of wish I did this first. I think what you're doing is kind of healing people in a more natural way, would you say? Sure. Think about it is that your body has the capability of healing itself and through emotional trauma, physical trauma, environmental pollution, different things, our body kind of goes array and may have different reactions. So some people's manifests with headaches, pain, different things like that. And I would say acupuncture helps the body function in a way to help its innate ability to heal itself. With that being said, I have a great respect and I work with a lot of Western physicians and they have their place. And I really don't believe that I could do fully what I do without their support for the most part, you know? And yes, and I don't blame them. That's what they learn in school, medications and all of that. But it takes a very special physician to be able to refer out and know that maybe they can't just do it by themselves. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, in my experience and in my practice, I work with a lot of those types of physicians. That's very lucky because I don't think that's very easy to find. Let's talk a little bit about your practice. I know that you specifically have a lot of clients who are, you know, 
let's say you're focusing on women's health, fertility, and our Tata community, as you know, it's a lot of moms listening to this, a lot of people who are either pregnant, postpartum, or have had five kids. So what kinds of cases or clients do you really see the most? I would say that between 80 and 90% of my practice is probably within the fertility world. Mm. So I see a lot of couples as well, because fertility just isn't a female problem. It also is a male problem. And so I encourage the couples, if it's a heterosexual couple, I I encourage them to come in together. And even if there's no specific issue going on with the, the male partner where there's no issue with the sperm, I still think that it's important because it takes two to tango. Okay. So taking some of that pressure off of the female partner is really, really helpful and showing that support. So I see a lot of complex cases with fertility. I see patients that are trying to get pregnant natural that are not necessarily needing Western intervention. Maybe they're not there yet emotionally that they want to try everything and exhaust their everything until they go to a Western doctor. I do see patients that are going through IVF, IUI, medicated cycles. So I, I support both of them I support both types of fertility journeys. I do help women that are in their pregnancy as well and postpartum. Really in their pregnancy, the best is when I help a couple get pregnant and I see them all through till their baby is born and it's the best. Okay, so that was one of my questions. When do you start with someone and do you really continue on through the journey? Sure, so it's obviously individual, Uh individualized and customized. If I had my ideal situation, I would like to start working with somebody about three months prior to when they're ready to start having a family. Yep. Okay. So this way that we could get their body into a place or maybe if they have potential issues, we can already see what they are and work on those there. But that's typically not the situation that I am in. But if I could see them three months prior to and all the way through their pregnancy, I think would be my ideal. Acupuncture is extremely safe for pregnancy because I'm sure that comes up because people come in and they get pregnant and they're not sure. It's very safe. And then it helps the body to prepare for labor and delivery. We've had on pelvic floor specialists, personal trainers, physical therapists that really work with the body, pelvic floor in general. And really just like preparing the body for labor for for birth and I didn't realize that acupuncture actually did that as well. Sure. Wow. Sure. So there with the meridians that I was talking about is that they're meridians that go through all of the reproductive organs and the the uterus that go all around there. So it's really impactful and very beneficial. Acupuncture specifically is really great with women's health because thousands of years ago, they didn't have birth control. And listen, there's nothing wrong with birth control because there is a place for it. I'm very much in agreement to that. And I don't necessarily think that birth control causes infertility, Yeah. but I believe that when a late teen is having acne or heavy cycles or irregular cycles that that acupuncture, Chinese medicine, didn't have the birth control to prescribe to them. So they had to really figure out what was going on with the woman, get to the root cause where in our Western world, they prescribe birth control so it can potentially mask any issues that may have shown up because you're getting 
a period every month. You're not thinking about it. You don't have cramps and all of that. And your skin's better, all of that. And so I don't, I think that with acupuncture and Chinese medicine, it's really beneficial for women's health. Mm -hmm. That is great. So you're honestly answering so many of my questions already. Um, (laughs) A lot of the moms in this Tata community wrote in with questions. So they're kind of about this whole fertility. I mean, I actually want to know, do you have an opinion on just why so many people are having fertility issues? And then how would you really treat just unexplained infertility? Those are really great questions. Why? I think that lifestyle is a huge impact on it. So it could be environmental pollutants and what we're exposing ourselves to day to day, possibly the quality of food. You know, I don't know because I, I hate to say that because there are people that may not be able to afford organic grass fed all the time. And so they're doing the best that they can. So I don't always like to, to put a blame on that, but I think day to day, a more sedentary life. I think that we have more understanding about the women's body also. So maybe things that were not understood before are being more understood now. And so I think that there's a multiple reasons as to why we're seeing a greater impact, not just on female, but also male uh, infertility. And I think environmental also, I see a lot of guys that think because they may not be smoking marijuana, that they're vaping, that, that it's better. And I actually think that that's even worse than just smoking marijuana. Yeah. But so I think that there's a lot, I think it's a multi-layered question and there's a multi-layered answer and and each individual has their story. An interesting one when it comes to male factors, I had a, a man come in and essentially he had no sperm and he was not an old guy. He was early forties and you know, we see men having, being able to have babies later in life versus females and his story was so fascinating to me because he leads a healthy lifestyle. What happened was he kind of got into a story about him getting into a physical accident and it impacting his pel- like pelvis and his pelvic area. And he believes that part of the issue was the surgery that went on in there. And it was like physical trauma to that area, yeah. which impacted. But, you know, we don't know for sure because he didn't do a sperm analysis right, prior before. to and after, but there's no hereditary reasons as to why. So yeah. I think that there's a multi-layered answer to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, there could be scar tissue. There could be, I mean, it's probably at this point, you know, people ask me that, not that I am in this field, but we just talk as friends and people say, you know, is it because we're on birth control? Our parents were on it. Or is it because we drink more? You know, I don't know if anyone knows the right answer for that. We can say, do is it because you're on birth control? I don't think, like I said, I don't think birth control directly equates yeah. infertility. I think that birth control can potentially mask issues that maybe now when they're getting off birth control in their early 30s, because women are having babies a little bit later than years ago, that it's masked it. And now we're starting from zero in their early 30s, where, as we know, our egg reserve d- diminishes as we get older, unfortunately, the biological clock. And so I think that's more of a reason of how birth control can be can impact. In addition to that, there are a lot of fragrances, beauty products, day-to-day cleaning products that we use that have phthalates and chemicals that are in it that can be endocrine disruptors. And so basically they're mimicking the hormones in your body. So it's preventing your body from actually making these hormones. So I think that has a lot to do with it because we know more now. There's more research out there about it now. Yeah. And so when I talk to my pa- my patients, I really 
you know, I do talk to them about a not a more of a non-toxic lifestyle and not because we're like crunchy granola over here, <laughs> but it's because there are, there are doctors that show that talk yeah. about it, like Western doctors that talk and there's research out there that it can absolutely impact fertility. There was a Mount Sinai article that just came out about the cleaning products we use and how everyone should be switching them because the product in it is fully showing research that it is causing infertility. It's a real thing. Yeah. And so it also can be a very overwhelming thing because there's products that people like that they're, you know, really, they rely on beauty products, yeah. cleaning products, um, even products that we store our foods in, things of that nature yes. that can really impact it. And so we have to slowly make that. Absolutely. And so you also brought up unexplained infertility. Yes. I don't particularly care for this term because there has to be an explanation, right? So maybe a, a reproductive endocrinologist just taught me this term and I thought it was brilliant, was undiagnosed infertility, right? Mm -hmm. So it takes a really special doctor to really do all of the work to figure out what's going on. And the doctors that I work with are some of the best detectives wow. because they do figure out what it is. So maybe it's not a diagnosis like PCOS or endometriosis. Maybe it's a vitamin D uh, deficiency. Maybe it's a thyroid issue. Yeah. So there are other reasons. And so I believe that I don't like the term unexplained because it makes you feel like, well, then it's my fault. Right. What's going on? Sure. Is there no answer? It's undiagnosed. And, yep. I, and I think that's true. And most of the doctors that I work with dig a lot deeper. I appreciate that. And I will, you know, I'm going to kind of push that out there um, into our little community of just undiagnosed. It's not your problem. It's not your fault. It's nothing that you have done. Obviously, there's a lot of mixed reviews from medical professionals about stress and stress does not impact fertility. I personally know that stress is a huge factor in a lot of what I do, whether it's fluency, whether it's, you know, personal, you know, digestive issues. I personally think that stress impacts everything. Do you think that there is, you know, a connection between stress and fertility? Yes. With that being said, yeah. I don't think that it's helpful for somebody to say, just relax, it's mm. going to happen because that's not the kind of stress that we're talking Absolutely. about. Uh, we're talking about literal high cortisol levels in the body yep. that are impacting the body to be able to do what it's supposed to do and having an excessive amount of inflammation in the body so that it's not capable of getting and or staying pregnant. With that being said, if your body continuously thinks that it's being attacked in this fight or flight state, so back in the day being attacked by a tiger or something, it is not conducive to hold a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Your body does not think it's a safe environment to hold a pregnancy when it's constantly being attacked. Absolutely. So one of the things that I work with greatly is resetting the nervous system for my patients because we have to. If your body is on all the time, the likelihood, do people get pregnant that are, do stressed people get pregnant? Sure. But if you're already having issues and you're also stressed, we have to fix that and not like go to yoga, let's right. say, Calm yes, down. Yeah. listen, yoga is great and all, but we have to do it from, Hey, we have to reset that nervous system. We right. have to get you into that parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. Yeah. So yes, absolutely. And I think what you said earlier about bringing the spouse, um, you know, maybe there's stress in marriage or maybe there's so many other things that are impacting pregnancy or just keeping the pregnancy and all of that. And going through fertility treatment is stressful. Yeah you don't know what you're getting into until you're in it. And so my biggest thing for my patients is surround yourself with a team that advocates for you that can help explain what is going on. Yep. And that takes off a lot of stress. Absolutely. So 
A lot of just women in general have Hashimoto's, PCOS, all these different things that they are struggling and dealing with. How does Chinese medicine really help with these conditions? So Hashimoto's is an autoimmune thyroid issue, but I do see patients that have hypothyroidism, which is Hashimoto's. It's not the autoimmune issue. And PCOS, so for those that don't know, it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, endometriosis, all of those things. So acupuncture, number one, helps to get the body to a place where it's functioning more fluidly. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that acupuncture directly balances hormones, but it allows the body to be able to. Acupuncture can also help a woman's cycle regulate. So I have many patients that have PCOS that get pregnant naturally with no problem once we get their cycle to regulate. The issue is getting them to ovulate, managing their cysts in there. Are they active? Are they producing estrogen? And so acupuncture in itself is not going to fix your thyroid, but there's supplements and Chinese herbs and acupuncture. And I think a combination of all of those can help get your body to a place where it's functioning where it should be. Okay, exactly what you just said, getting your body to function where it should be. Yeah, and sometimes with Hashimoto's and or hypothyroidism, sometimes you need medicine and that is okay. Right. With that, you can do so many other things to help it. Right. Right. A doctor might say you absolutely need Synthroid to deal with your thyroid, but this is what you can do to kind of heal your body along. Correct. Absolutely. I think that's great. So one thing that actually a lot of people wrote in and we kind of briefly spoke about it, but what are five just healthy lifestyle recommendations that you, you know, really think that all women should just lead and whether that's food or household or, you know, yoga, like you mentioned possibly doing, but you know, do you think that there's any recommendations just for women? Of course. I think that if you're thinking of getting pregnant, I think number one is taking, where is your fertile health? getting testing before you're trying to get pregnant, knowing is knowledge. And so we're not, it's not shocking when you're, if you're not getting pregnant and all of that. So some things that you can do, I don't like to say self-care because obviously, but we, women and mothers, if you're already a mother, we're, we're tired, we're busy. Yeah. And so things that you could do is meal prep, making sure that you have food accessible to yourself. And I'm not saying for a diet reason, I'm saying that you have, so you have nourishing food that you're not just grabbing snacks all day long. Yeah. I think finding an exercise, finding exercise that you like to do, you don't have to do yoga if you don't like it. You don't have to do Pilates if you don't like it. You don't have to run, but if you find something that you love to do, do it. It could be going on a walk. It could be going on a walk. It could go for a swim. Yeah. You can mix it up. I think that In Chinese medicine, we talk about nourishing foods and warming foods. We're not big on smoothies. We're not big on salads or raw food or ice cream, even though (laughs) I like ice cream. Me too. Within a grand scheme of things. So I'm saying like warm and nourish yourself and making sure that you're getting the the food and the nutrients that you need on a day-to-day basis. If you're trying to get pregnant, keeping your feet warm around the house, wear socks. We talk about in Chinese medicine that the the bottom of the feet is directly correlated to the uterus. And so a cold uterus is not conducive, is not a conducive environment to hold a to hold a baby. You know, it's warm and you want to make it warm. Yeah. So keeping your feet warm, making sure that you're taking care of that. I always tell my patients to wear socks or shoes around the house, yep. even though sometimes I forget. But, you know. <laughs> I love socks. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Looking at the products that you're using and the things that you're using on a day-to-day basis and finding a cleaner alternative. 
and there there is such thing as greenwashing products love on the, on the on the labels it's very, it can be very confusing because it could say like cruelty free vegan and yeah. i was like well i'm gluten free which is not necessarily i mean unless you have an, a gluten allergy like you don't need to worry about putting yeah. that on your body but understanding what the products and what chemicals may not be conducive to environment for your endocrine system so making sure that you're maybe starting to switch off those product house like clean household products yep. cleaning supplies and i um it, and it doesn't have to all happen at once yeah and most importantly is if you are looking to get pregnant on your fertility journey currently is making sure you're surrounding yourself with a team and not just friends but if you do acupuncture even a chiropractor a reproductive endocrinologist a therapist somebody to talk supportive to team supportive team yep. because you don't have to do it by yourself and because it's so isolating and so daunting and i think that it's really important to surround yourself with people that are not going to go about like toxic positivity of like what what's meant to happen will happen or it was meant to be or you, things like that but people that know what they're doing and can help you through it absolutely i think that is great and honestly i could have you on for hours and hours because i'm learning a lot where can our listeners find you sure so um i'm in the aventura hollandale area so for acupuncture and wellness and i'm pretty active on social media as well on instagram specifically it's dr andrea acu and wellness got it so yeah. we can dm you we can call your office and set up an yes. appointment i think i'll be calling you very yes. soon <laughs> um thank you so much for coming on this was absolutely absolutely perfect thank, thank you, you for having me of course yes Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to visit Talking With Tata on Instagram and on Facebook.